Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We're back here again, another week, talking about music, but this time I'm going to be talking to myself. People go on vacation, you know, that's a thing that people do during the summer. I don't, but most of my friends do. So my friend Bob is on vacation and I'm here uh, doing a Bill Burr style podcast for you because here's the thing. I love podcasts and when podcasts go off of schedule, it, uh, it really bums me out. So you know what? I said to myself, we have a good amount of listeners at this point. I know that you guys, I hope that you guys look forward to the episodes that we do. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to record an episode solo. So I'm not going to deep dive a record today. I'm going to keep it fairly short and sweet. But we have been getting a ton of feedback from people on uh, the last few episodes that we did. Um, You know, we had a few questions come in through our Instagram. So I thought I would just... uh, talk to you guys all by myself and uh, see how it goes. You know, it's like a test run. Um, If you're not already following us on Instagram and uh, Twitter, please do. You can find us at TraxPod and write us TraxPod at gmail.com. And when we get those emails, we read every single one. I'm sorry if we're a little slow to respond, but we do try to get back to all the emails and eventually... Many of the uh, comments and questions that we get in will end up on an episode like this. So uh, let's talk about some music. So last week we had a few questions come in through Instagram. I thought I would just um, handle these by myself. Um, You know, if Bob has some input on these, then he can talk about it later. Um, because I'm sure that he does have a lot to say about some of this. First question. What is the best Tony Hawk game soundtrack? Okay. I would really have to think about this, because I have not played a Tony Hawk game for probably about 20 years. Um, I do like video games. I really loved video games growing up. But you know what? I have not kept up. I kind of want to. But I also feel like it would be not the greatest use of whatever free time I have. So I don't know if I'll get back into video games. I would I would like one of those old standing arca- arcade games, though. I know that people are making those with like all of the old video games in there. That would be cool. But if I had that, I might never leave my house. So that would be a problem in and of itself. So... I'm going to say the first Tony Hawk game because that's really all that I remember. I think I had that one and I think I had Tony Hawk 2. I remember not much. I feel like Bad Religion was on it. I think um, maybe Lagwagon. A lot of Fat Records, Epitaph Records bands. Um, I think was Papa Roach on there? I don't like Papa Roach, but I vaguely remember that. Um, I feel like AFI may have been on there, but I also could was probably listening to a lot of AFI at the time, so they might just overlap in my memory. Um, anyway, fun games. Um, 
really fun games. And um, I don't know. I imagine that all of the new Tony Hawk games probably have a lot going on in terms of the music that they're playing. So, yeah, cool. I don't know. Sorry. That's a really shitty answer to your question. But um, the first one or the second one, I imagine. Next question um, came in from Alex. He said, would you disagree if I said Oasis was better than the Stone Roses? Um, so I love Oasis. I know that's not, you know, an interest everybody shares, but it's cool. In my opinion, the Stone Roses wrote one of the best albums, if not the best album of all time. Bold statement. I'm sticking to it. But after that, it's, it's hit or miss, man. Um, the second coming, the second Stone Roses record has a few tracks, not a great album. It's tough when you open a record with like six minutes of noise that doesn't go anywhere. Um, but Oasis, say what you want. I think there's tracks on every record, um, including the last few that no one really pays attention to. Um, so if I had to choose a catalog, I would choose Oasis. If I had to choose an album, I would choose Stone Roses. Um, so would I disagree that Oasis is better than Stone Roses? Um, in their entirety, no, not really. That's, that's a fair opinion. Um, Larry wrote and said, what is your favorite of the big three of German thrash? And he's talking about Sodom, Creator, and Destruction. Um, so I only know one Destruction album. I like it a lot. I really haven't dove super deep into Sodom, although I really like everything that I've heard. And then Creator, I think, are great. So I have to go with Creator just by virtue of the fact that I'm more familiar with them. So, uh, But all of the bands seem totally worth your time if, if, if you're into that sort of thing. Next question came from Dolphin Farts. He wrote us and said, What are your thoughts on R.E.M.? It took me decades, but I finally, quote-unquote, get it. So I have um, I have owned the first couple R.E.M. albums many times over. And although I think they're all solid albums and they definitely have certain songs that are really, really great, I just never go back to them. Um so I've ended up selling those records and then like rebuying them and trying to get into them again. They're just one of those bands that I, I end up revisiting all the time, you know, every five years or so. Um, just recently, I actually listened to Monster because I had that one on CD when I was young. And I remember really liking it. That's the one with, um, what's the Frequency Kenneth on it. And I still think that song is really good, but the album was like, painful for me i'm not gonna lie it was really tough to get through the whole thing it felt really long just a lot of the songs were just not great tracks um but maybe it's like a mood thing maybe i'm just not in the right mood every time i listen to them i don't dislike them i feel like every record i've heard is good it's just and again there are some really like undoubtedly great songs but yeah i don't know man i I get it from a historical perspective. I understand how influential they were and, you know, kind of on the college rock scene and indie rock. I mean, they were doing that before a lot of those bands, before there was a name for it, really. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't have all that much love for them. I 
don't know how Bob feels, but I'd be curious to find out. Um, next question came from Jay Pete on Instagram, and he said, you can only keep one. The first four Black Sabbath or the first four Led Zeppelin? So this one for me is like hands down Black Sabbath. Um, I like Led Zeppelin just fine. Although if I'm being honest, they're much like Motorhead to me where I could just listen to How the West Was Won, you know, that live album that they put out or live DVD that probably came out like 20 years ago now. But um, the first time I heard that was when I really got Led Zeppelin. Before that, you know, I never disliked them, but the records just weren't super interesting to me. My parents weren't really into Led Zeppelin, so I didn't really hear them growing up. Uh, my dad was much more of a Jimi Hendrix guy, so I I really loved Jimi Hendrix, um, and I loved the Beatles just because I heard so much of it growing up, but Led Zeppelin were never really in the mix. Um, Sabbath, I still go to Sabbath and listen to them like really regularly, um, and I think all four of those albums are great. Um, I would say the first six albums are great, um, even though Sabotage has some clunkers on it. But yeah, for me, Sabbath hands down. I don't know what Bob would think, although I think that I think he might be a bigger Zeppelin fan. But you know what? Ask him on the next mailbag, and we'll find out. Next question came from Cthulhu's Vinyl. He said, "What does Pete think of the decline?" So I believe he's referencing here um, the NoFX album, The Decline, which consists of one like 24-minute song or something like that. Came out maybe 20 years ago. Um, and Bob's other podcast, Axe to Grind, um, I know that they had an episode on that album a few weeks ago now. Um, I know that Bob is a fan. He talked about it on that episode. I... Like no effects. Um, I got into punk, um, you know, like a lot of kids at the time, I guess, mid to late 90s, getting into Fat Records era stuff, Epitaph stuff. Um, I actually had a gym teacher that gave me the Survival of the Fattest compilation, which is the second Fat Records comp and has a propagandy and Diesel Boy and No Effects and Good Riddance and all of those bands on it. And I was totally hooked. And although I can't say I put all of that stuff on all that often at this point, um, I have a soft spot for it. And No Effects are one of those bands. I'll back the decline. It's good. It's not my go-to. I would go to Punk and Drublick. I would go to... Uh, the White Trash record, I would go to maybe even Ribbed um, before that one. But it's cool. I mean, Fat Mike is just so insufferable at this point to me that it's it's the whole thing is difficult. But um, yeah, I don't know. For nostalgic reasons, yeah, I like it. It's, it's good. Um, if you're not already a NoFX fan, you are not going to like it. So there's that. Dave Murphy, our good old friend Dave Murphy, writes in and says, Can you dig into Jesus and Mary Chain's Psycho Candy? Dave Murphy, I would be happy to. 
maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but at some point we will touch on Jesus and Mary Chain. It seems like they're teasing something on Instagram, actually. I'm a big fan of theirs, and I feel like they might have another album coming, so that's exciting because I think the last Jesus and Mary Chain record, um, which was their first album in easily over 10 years, I think, <clears throat> was better than it had any right to be, really, in my opinion. So I'm stoked. Um, seems like there could be some new tunes from them. Last question comes from Clevo, and he said, can you do an episode on the Swerve Driver reunion records? So Swerve Driver, if you're not familiar, 90s shoegaze band, um, I love the first two Swerve Driver records, um, Rays and Mescalhead. They are both totally worth your time. I think they're great and still revisit them all the time. Um, but they somewhat recently started putting out reunion records. Um, the first one was in 2015 called I Wasn't Born to Lose You. And the second one in 2019 was called Future Ruins. Um, I really like the record I Wasn't Born to Lose You. Um, I saw them on that tour. The songs are really good. It's it's. I think it's much better than the album that came before that, 99th Dream. Um, kind of just a return to form. It's not giving you anything new, but it's kind of doing what they did, you know, on their earlier records just really well. Um, the other new, the, the most recent record, Future Ruins, honestly, it came out. I was really excited for it. I listened to it maybe twice and just nothing about it hit me. So I don't, I don't know. It wasn't bad to me. It just kind of fell flat, but you know, at the same time, part of the fun of this podcast is that we kind of re-listen to things and have to give it our, our, you know, devoted attention. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe that, that one is worth a, uh, a revisit. And I'm not sure that Bob is all that familiar with Sword Driver, so that could be fun too. Um, all right, guys. So that's all the questions I got. But I did get more emails. So I'm going to go through a few emails. We have some good stories. We have some good uh, feedback, particularly from the episode that we did on where you find new music. So let's go through that. Angelo wrote us and he said when it comes to how he finds new music he said he looks at who's touring with certain bands that he's interested in or who's collaborating with certain bands that he's interested in he said that that you know the collaboration piece applies more to hip-hop music um but he says, you know, I look into those artists that I like and they normally have enough in common with the artists that I already like that they are at least interesting to me. So I think that's actually a pretty good way to find some new music. Um, I think you're right, particularly with hip hop, because there's just so many, you know, collaborations and crossover there, um, guest spots on songs and records. So, yeah, that's a good one. And then um, who's touring with who? I mean... I'm not the right person to talk about this probably, but I do know that, you know, depending on the circumstances, much of the time, you know, the headlining band does get a say in who they're bringing on on the road with them. So, yeah, if you really like a certain band, um, chances are the band that's opening for them, 
is a band that they had a hand in choosing. So there might be something there for you. I hope there is. I've definitely found a lot of bands, um, you know, through just going to shows and seeing the opening bands, bigger shows, smaller shows. I mean, that definitely applies for punk and hardcore, but even larger shows, sometimes you'll see an opening band that really kicks ass. So yeah. Thank you, Angelo. Um, next, um, we have Daniel. So Daniel wrote us a much longer email. I'm just going to kind of cut out uh, a bit of it um, and just point to one of the recommendations he made about finding new music. He said, I'll look at new bands by, lo- I'll, or I'll find new bands by looking at the flyers of upcoming shows in my area. Even if I can't make it to the show, I'll try to listen to every band on the flyer anyways. So I think this is a great recommendation. It takes commitment, though. I don't know that I can commit to that personally right now, Daniel. But I think it's a great idea. I think that particularly within the metal, punk, hardcore world that applies, um, you might have a harder time with that with bigger shows. Although, like I said, you know, in relation to Angelo's email, maybe that'll work too. I fully support it. Next, we got an email from Dave Martin. Dave Martin, I love your emails. You write long emails. I'm never going to read the whole thing when we're recording, but I'm going to pull a few things out here. So he says, how I find new music. First, friends, forever and always, the number one way to get me to check something out is if a friend tells me about it. And if I like something, I try to tell my friends about it too. It is what friends do. I am with you 100%. Um, Like Bob and I said, you know, him and I try to post those things on Instagram, on our personal Instagram stories. And you know what? Maybe I'll start posting those things on the TraxPod Instagram just as I'm listening to something new that I like. I think that's a good idea, right? Would you guys like that? I'm going to do that. Okay. Dave goes on. He says social media. um, That's helpful for him. He says email lists. You know, following up on just anything that you're interested in. Uh, He said Tracy Wilson um, has a pretty great one called Turntable Report that he recommends. Um, Internet sites, obviously Stereo Gum, Brooklyn Vegan, Aquarium Drunkard, things like that. Um, He then mentions a few podcasts he listened to um, and record stores. I agree. Record stores are cool. We talked about that in the episode. And he mentions a few great stores in New York, Generation Records, Stranded Records, Material World. I recommend visiting all of those places. Thank you, Dave, for the feedback, as always. Um, Scott then wrote us. And this is interesting, because this kind of crosses over to um, the first question about Tony Hawk. So he says... The year was 2008. I was 23 years old and a big fan of the band Blacklisted. Blacklisted, hardcore band from Philadelphia. What I always liked about Blacklisted's vocalist, George, was that he sometimes wore non-hardcore band t-shirts. I recall seeing photos of him wearing a Swans t-shirt and a t-shirt with a large lemon on it with the Stone Roses written above it. That seemed odd to me and I just assumed the Stone Roses was a band but never pursued checking them out. Anyway... I was at a friend's house playing Guitar Hero when when my friend's girlfriend came over to hang out. 
She was cool, so I was down to third wheel it. However, the girlfriend's friend came with her, and suddenly there were four of us. When it came to my turn to play a song, my friend said, Scott can play a real guitar. To which I said, actually, I play bass, and this is a toy, so this won't translate well. My friend's girlfriend's friend laughed. So I'm scrolling through one of the the menus looking for a song, and I came across She Bangs the Drum by the Stone Roses. It took me a second, but I remembered seeing that t-shirt and a picture of George from Blacklisted, and without hesitating, I picked the song despite having no idea what the Stone Roses even sounded like. My friend asks, who are the Stone Roses? What do they sound like? I literally responded with rock. Again, the girlfriend's friend laughed, and again, it felt great. The song starts, and I realize that it's completely up to me to play a toy guitar to hear what the Stone Roses sound like. The hi-hat starts, the bass line comes in, and then it's the beautiful guitar rings out. I nailed the ring out and was instantly hooked. I don't remember if I finished the song, and I don't know whatever happened to my friend's girlfriend's friend, but I had a new mission in life to figure out who the hell the Stone Roses were. A few months later, I found the complete Stone Roses, great collection, in a $5 bin at Best Buy. I bought the CD, drove home, laid in bed, and found myself repeating the song Made of Stone over and over. I've been a fan ever since. It's unusual, but a video game introduced me to the Stone Roses. I'm not much of a video game person, but given how massive the video game industry is, are people finding new music through video games these days? Great story, Scott. I love it. Um, But yeah, to your point, I bet people are finding music through video games. I wouldn't know because I don't play them, but I know that they have cool soundtracks. Um, I know that I know that there's even like just because I follow all these vinyl message boards, I know that they're you know video games that don't necessarily have like soundtracks of bands on them that are coming out on vinyl, like Minecraft, which I heard pieces of it and it sounded like ambient Aphex Twin era or something. So, hey, that's cool, man. Um, if it's good, I hope that people are finding it through uh, through video games. Maybe that's another reason I should play video games. I don't know. Should I play video games? Yes or no? Write us and uh, tell me how I should spend my free time because uh, I might have a lot of it very soon. Next and last email, actually. You know what? We're, we're, we're nearing the end here. I didn't want to rush through things, but this is all I got. So our good friend Dave Ackerman wrote us about last week's Motorhead episode, which we, we did get some more feedback on that, but mostly just people telling us what their their favorite Motorhead records were. Um, you know, a few it actually had a few requests for us to talk about the album Bastards. I don't remember that one all that well. I don't remember it being great, but hey, maybe we'll talk about it at some point. But anyway, we talked about Bomber being kind of the obvious, being the record that was kind of clearly not as great as Ace of Spades or Overkill, but still a great record on its own. Um, And we kind of asked to see if anyone out there, you know, Bomber was their favorite record. A few people hit us, not too many details on it, which is cool. But um, Dave wrote us and said, I'm not going to say anything crazy like this is my favorite Motorhead record, but I really love this record. He then goes through the track listing says, Dead Men Tell No Tales, it's a ripper. He said, Lawman, pretty good. Sweet Revenge, meh. Sharpshooter, good, not great. 
Poison, top five Motorhead song, question mark. Um, Stone Dead Forever, great. All the Aces, great. Step Down, says, says he's a huge fan of this one. Talking Head, meh. And then Bomber is a ripper. He said, I play this record all the time. I agree that live recordings are the way to go. Um, but then he says, Poison and Cradle to the Grave are my top obscure Motorhead songs. They played Cradle on a later tour, and I was so bummed I skipped it. Um, Cradle to the Grave, I know, is on the Rock and Roll album, um, which is one that I feel like no one ever loves, but I remember really liking it. I also haven't listened to it in a long time, so I don't know. But yeah, thank you, Dave. Um, Bomber, great record. Everyone out there, go check out the song Poison at the recommendation of Dave Ackerman. He actually then followed up and said... I definitely think they have bad records. I think March or Die is mostly bad. I don't remember liking Snakebite Love. I fully back Rock and Roll and Orgasmatron. Iron Fist 2. I said Iron Fist is early enough that it feels canon. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember that being the record that has some really, really strong tracks, but also it kind of starts to fall off in this way that the albums before it don't really fall off. But again, maybe there's something there. I don't know. Got to revisit. Too much Motorhead, you know, over the last few weeks. I got to take a break and then we'll come back. But you know what? That's it. I'm going to keep it under a half an hour this week. Hit me up. Going to try to line something up for next week. I think that Bob is away again. But, you know, maybe we'll be able to get something. Maybe it's uh, him driving in his car talking to me. We'll see. You know, we're going to keep you guessing this time. But episodes are coming. More records on the way. I know the last few weeks we've gotten away from our kind of normal uh, method of like going through album by album. But yeah, we'll we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program soon. I know that things have been, you know, a little different for the last couple of weeks, um, tackling things in a different way. Not really the, you know, one album deep dive kind of vibe that we're usually on, but you know what? It's good. Keeps you on your toes. Change is nice. Um, we'll get back to that kind of method, but until then, um, you get to hear me work it out solo on the mic, which I hope was not terrible for you. Last thing before I go, I want to leave you with some new music. How about that? So I'm going to recommend one thing that you may not have heard of and one thing you definitely may have heard of. First one is uh, a new record by a band called The Umbrellas. I don't know anything about this band, honestly, except for that they're from San Francisco. Um, I think they're great. They put out a single maybe two years ago or so. It blew me away, and that's all they've had up until now. Um, But they just put out a new LP called The Umbrellas. So check out The Umbrellas by The Umbrellas. It's on Spotify. I only got to listen to it once so far, but I really enjoyed it. Maybe we'll cover it on this podcast. I don't know. I can't tell you. It's all secrets. The other thing, you've heard of The weekend. He played the Super Bowl. I think he's great. I've really liked him for a long time, actually. Um, I have a soft spot for pop music. I think he's really good. He just put out a new song. It's called Take My Breath. I think it's great. It's super fun. Uh, He's taken kind of the 80s throwback thing that he's been doing and doubled down on it, and it's it's a track, man. I think all of you, fan or not fan, fan or 
whether you're a fan or not a fan, you're probably going to hate this song in two months because I have a feeling it's going to catch on. Um, I'll probably hate it too. But you know what? Until then, fun song, especially for the end of summer. So yeah, that's all I got for you. Thank you for listening. Write us an email. Hit us up. Questions, recommendations, all that good stuff. Even if it's just something good you're listening to, I'd love to hear hear from you. That's all I got. Goodbye.